Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. And it's time for the Broncos Blast with Ian St. Clair. Follow him at Ian St. Clair and at Mile High Report. It's all brought to you by Framed Art. I mean, this is the framing store the Broncos choose. 3065 South Broadway. When icon Pat Boland passed, who did the framing? Uh, the quality work they needed in time for the memorial. It was Framed Art. Brian Hart and Framed Art. And this week... They were honored to have two framed Empower retirement jerseys at the press conference announcing name sponsorship for Empower Field at Mile High Stadium. Uh, who do you who do you go to? Brian Hart at Framed Art, thirty sixty five South Broadway. And by Stoney's Bar and Grill. It's the best time of year to be a sports fan. Baseball fan races are heating up. Football is back. You can catch all the game action at Stoney's Bar and Grill, 11th and Lincoln in the heart of downtown. And Stoney's Uptown at 1035 17th Street, just west of Park Avenue. I was there last week. It was packed with Husker fans. A combined 88 big screen TVs will show you every game. And Stoney's Uptown, as I mentioned, the home for Nebraska Cornhusker fans every game day. If, you, if you're one of the few Nebraska fans who can't get tickets to the game today and aren't going to be in Boulder, because there are going to be a lot of them, you can watch it all at Stoney's pregame, postgame. Every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill and Stoney's Uptown. Check them out. All right. We welcome in our buddy, Ian St. Clair. It's almost game day, Ian. It's almost game day, but the circus never stops with the Raiders and Antonio Brown. <laughs> it's astounding, isn't it? What do you it? think will happen? Will he play without guaranteed salary? Will he cut himself? Uh, what's going to happen here? Based on the email that Jeff Darlington at ESPN got and all the other reporting and and on Instagram, 
Antonio Brown wants his release, so right. there's there's no way he's gonna he's gonna play without getting paid. And the yeah. fact that he thinks that he can act the way that he acted and and still want to get paid is just even more absurd. But I'm loving every second of this. <laughs> I, I, there's still I, two I, days. There's still two days till game day. This yeah. soap opera can yeah. flip three times That's between right. now and Monday night. And, and I, you know, I said earlier that turmoil and lack of talent are going to be very difficult for the Raiders to overcome. I've got the Broncos uh, in this game. I don't tend to root for lawyers, but my hat's off <laughs> to the lawyers at the Raiders camp who figured out how they could keep him on the roster, give him his choice, and yet not be stuck for all that money they signed him for by fining him for the reasons they did, for the amount they did, and uh, hats off to the Raider lawyers, at least. Yeah, Yeah, and then I think it's only a matter of time before Mike Mayock is back at NFL Network because I can't see how he can work with John Gruden after John Gruden gets rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper and decides to go get Antonio Brown, yep. knowing everything that happened in Pittsburgh and now yep. everything that's happened here. I just can't see that Mike Mayock or any front office personnel person, for that matter, is going to want to work with John Gruden after this. Yep, yep. And, yeah, and, and I've mentioned the, the other players in the locker room. I mean, they're looking around saying, is there one set of rules for this guy and one set of rules for the rest of us? You can curse out the GM and not get in any trouble. Can I do that? I mean, that that's where the dysfunction is just it's running really deep into that organization. And it doesn't matter if it's Vince Lombardi as the head coach. It's just that organization reeks of dysfunction from the very beginning, from the very top. It always has. All right. So you don't have Brown on the field. Uh, A.B., as it's affectionately called by all the talk radio people, he's keeping in business. Uh, especially on ESPN. The, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, how do you break it down? And uh, I, I've got the Broncos winning. I'm sorry to see them favored. <laughs> After today, they may be favored by more. Yeah, well, let's change. I think what we're going to see is we know what the defense is capable of. I mean, we've, we saw it over the course of the preseason, how we think they're going to be able to attack and they're going to get different looks. And when you hear three offensive coaches, three young offensive masterminds like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Matt LaFleur all come to a consensus that the hardest defensive coordinator to play to, to, to plan against, to play against, is Vic Fangio, we're finally going to see that on full effect on Monday night with how they're going to go against Derek Carr and the Raiders. But I think one thing that's going to show up is I think Joe Flacco and Rich Scangarello want to send a message that this offense is able to win games too. So I think we're going to see big chunk plays like we've heard throughout the course of the longest preseason ever from Emmanuel Sanders and some of the other guys on the offense that they want to get big chunk plays. Well, I think we're going to see that. But I also think we're going to see a balanced attack from Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and how they're going to get the running game to help play off of that. So we're going to get complimentary football finally on offense. So I think that's one thing to keep an eye on is I really do think the offense wants to send a message on Monday night, not just to the Raiders, but to the AFC West and to the NFL that, yeah, the defense is here. So are we, and we're going to be able to win football games this season. So you got the Broncos winning this one. I do. I think it's going to be 34-17 Broncos. And that was – I had that score prediction before the whole Antonio Brown circus popped up. I don't know that the Raiders are going to score 17 points, but I don't know if the Broncos score 34 either. But I, I, I'm with you. I think the Broncos win this game by a couple of scores. Um, the Raiders are just – they're a mess. They're just a mess. And if the Broncos can't win this one, they can't get to that magic 500 mark that 
At least that's where I'm call, I'm tagging him for the season. We uh, just finished up with Mark Kisla, Jimmy Armstrong. Uh, Kiz saying Vegas knows what it's talking about. They've set the over-under, according to our man, Bruce Marshall, who we'll have on at 9.15 on the Argonaut Wine Liquor Games in a week. Uh, at 7.5, our Vegas guy. Uh, are you over? Are you under? Uh, what's, what's your win total for the Broncos? My win total is it's one and a half higher than that. I have them at nine and seven. I think this defense is good enough to win that extra one game because if you look back and you look at the season last year, and I get it that you don't want to look from season to season because so much is different. The roster is different. The coaches is, the coaches are different. The schedule is different. But I think this coaching staff is good enough for at least – two wins, and I think this defense is going to get another win. So that would be three wins. I think that puts them at nine and seven. Whether or not they can get to ten wins, I don't know. I think that's all going to be dependent upon the offensive line. I think it's going to be dependent upon injuries that happen, not just on offense, but on defense. So I think this this team is good enough to go nine and seven, and I think that would put them at least in the hunt to compete for the last wild card spot in the AFC, but I I see this team as being nine and seven. I think they're right there. I think that the defense is that good, and I think this coaching staff has the ability to put these guys in a position to win when they weren't last year. And I think that was the biggest thing that held them back the most last year was the coaching, especially on defense. And I think that's going to it's finally going to be a sense of a, of a strength now for this football team. You know, if you were able to listen to the last segment, you heard my rationale for uh, Broncos going 8-8 eight and eight and how they'll do it. Uh, Mark Knutson, you've got them at 8-8 eight and eight also. I do say 8-8. Eight and eight. I think um, just, again, we haven't seen much in, in the preseason. We haven't seen the Stars play very much. The Stars didn't score a touchdown in the preseason. We expect them to be better, obviously, than they were a year ago. I think they'll be, as I said, le- more buttoned up, a, a much, much more cleaner run organization. But I think you got to start somewhere, and this is a pretty average roster right now. So eight and eight's average, and uh, we've got uh, we both got the Saints in the Super Bowl. Uh, my my pick is the uh, the Saints beat pa- Patriots <laughs> beating the Patriots. Do some, do some different. I think Patriots, Patriots are low. Well, I I know we hate to see them there. Well, it's just the same old. Same it ruins the game for you when somebody picks the Patriots. It ruins but, the uh, game for you when the Patriots ruins are in the it. show. Actually, it does ruin the show. But I don't mind because he's all in Nebraska red today. It's embarrassing. It's it's obnoxious here. My socks are white. Well, and and your and your your Super Bowl matchup though Kansas City and the uh, Saints. And you've got I got Kansas City finally winning. Kansas City Much winning to the chagrin of the Broncos fans but um Ian we got we got to get your Super Bowl uh, matchup well my Super Bowl pick I'm with you guys I have the Saints in the Super Bowl and as I said on our podcast with Adam Malnati until you beat the champ the champ is going to be there so I have the, the Saints and the Patriots in the Super Bowl and I have Drew Brees pulling a John Elway and Peyton Manning and winning the Super Bowl in his final game and riding off into the sunset That'd be a nice story. Of the career, so I have the Saints beating the Ooh. Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, and two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, that's how I was thinking uh, as well. I actually think the Patriots are a little better this year. I, I can't wait till uh, they get a hold of Nikhil Harry, get him healthy. I think he's going to help them quite a bit. Um, I actually, uh, I, I think this Patriot team may be a little improved over last year. And, of course, the coaching, as you cite for the Broncos' edge in having a winning season, uh, in New England always gives them an edge. And the fact they don't have to do much to does win anybody, their division. Yeah, does anybody think the Patriots would be this on this kind of role if they played in the AFC West instead of the AFC East? <laughs> that, that's like a well, college FCS division. I don't think so. 
I think I think a big Ridiculous. help has been the fact that the other three teams in the AFC in the AFC East have been so bad. Automatic six but wins. I'm with you, much. Michael. I, I think Josh Gordon is going to be. Yeah. I think he's going to be somebody who is like Randy Moss for that Patriots team that went 16 and 0. I think Josh Gordon is going to give them the ability to go over the top and get big plays that we know Josh McDaniels and this offense can create. So I'm, I'm with you. I think the Patriots offense can actually be better than it was last year, and that's even without Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, and I hate to say this because uh, the fellow who looks like a tomato to my left here, uh, I'm a big Rex Burkhead fan and was while he was at, uh, dare I say it, Nebraska. Ian uh, will follow you and the game lead up and Mile High Report and all of the uh, – as the world turns Raiders news uh, and game coverage on Monday and Mile High Report. Uh, and uh, tell us, a, give us a sentence on your podcast people should hear. Well, we'll have the immediate post-game recap on Monday, so it'll be a late night thanks to the NFL giving us the first preseason game and the last regular season yeah, game. No kidding. But, uh, we'll have uh, the post-game recap, and then I'll have all the winners and losers from the game on Tuesday morning, and we'll have all post-game coverage from that point covered as well. So, All right, and that's Ian St. Clair. Read him at Mile High Report. Follow Matt Ian St. Clair. Up next, Ram Roundup. Thank you, Ian. Kelly Lyle, Coloradan, talks about the aftermath of the Rocky Mountain Showdown and breaks down today's game, predicts it against Western Illinois and what Mike Bobo and the fans need to see today.